Hello and welcome to One on One. We are so pleased that you've chosen Christian programming to be in your homes, and we are honored and blessed that you have chosen us, Buddy and Veronica McLaughlin, to come and to break the bread of life with you and bring the good news. And yes, it is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, this awesome technology and wherever you're hearing us from. We just appreciate you taking the time to get into God's word with us, letting us share the just the beauty and the glory of God in your life because he, he downloads things into us that we know will encourage you. And that's what we've always been about as a ministry, to throw a lifeline. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough yeah. walk. There's a lot of tribulations. There's a lot of challenges. And we want to be a part of encouraging you to fight the good fight of faith. And, and that's why we are here, yes. to encourage, to uplift, to let you know that God's got the plan and Amen. we are all in this together and we're going to hold the line. And God speaks things into our hearts that we just are so excited to encourage you with. And we really feel that this message will be an encouragement to you today. And there are many times, buddy, when we go through hardships and trials that the Lord will speak to us and he'll say, now just be still and know that I'm God. Just, just, just be still. Just the battle is mine. I'm going to fight this battle. And in that time, we, we pray, we'll fast, we, we'll trust in God. But then there are other times that God instructs us to pursue, overtake, and reclaim what's rightfully ours. Yes. And we have to know what, what God, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of um, a juggling act sometimes. You know, you're saying, God, do I need to be still? Do, do I need to listen? What do I need to do? Well, how do you know what to do? Well, if that doesn't work, then you go pursue. Well, you know, sometimes <laughs> the, the battles get long and tiresome yeah. too. I mean, and, and you know, you, you, you take some defeats and, and you have some victories and, yeah, and you know, sometimes the defeats seem to be greater than the victories or the enemy seem to be more than, than you can stand to face. And we, we all go through those times. We, we, you know what we're talking about. I mean, we, we've all raised families. We've all lived through this world for many years. Not Veronica, not so many. Not many. <laughs> <laughs> Only 29. But, but, but we, have, we have those challenges and the enemy is relentless. I mean, he pursues and pursues and pursues, and the more weaknesses he can find, the more things he can do to discourage us, he will do. He will. If we will hear him, and the big thing, we keep telling you this over and over and over, know whose voice you listen to. Listen to the voice of, of the one who loves you, who wants good things for you. If things are being spoken of defeat, of negative into your life, that's not God speaking into your life. That's the enemy trying to rob you from the victory that God has for you. And we can get lost in the moment and we can feel defeated and, and that's okay. But just don't stay there. You've got to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and say, I serve a God who gives me a hope and a promise and I'm going to fight it till I realize that victory. Exactly, and when we look at the life of David, oh. he's a prime example. I mean, he took some hard licks. Oh, there were some times that he was down in the dust and God says, okay, get up, and he would get up and he would go again. And, you know, he was anointed when he was 17 years old. But, but, to be but king. he wasn't even supposed to be. 
No. He, 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 they wanted to pick, his dad wanted to pick all of his other well, sons other than him. Well, they were looking at all of his other brothers, you know, especially yeah. the firstborn, Abinadab, and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm the one, and Samuel comes, and God's like, you know, that's not the one, yeah. and he goes all the way down the line, and he's like, do you have another one? And he's like, well, there's a <laughs> little ruddy boy out in the field. Yeah. You know, God sees the heart. You yes. know, we have a tendency to look on people's appearance, and when Samuel saw him, God said, that, that's the one. So when he was 17, yeah. he had the promise that he was going to, and he was anointed king yes. right there um, to be, be king of Israel. But he, he did not take the kingship at the time because Saul was still king. Right. Saul had fallen out of God's grace. He had disobeyed God. The Spirit of God had left him. And there was a period of time that we knew that Saul was not going to be king. But in this interim of these 13 years, then David's character was built. He wasn't ready to be king no, of Israel. Many not. times when we go through these trials, God is building our character right. so that we can fulfill the destiny that God has for us. We know that David had a great destiny. The enemy also knows that we have a great destiny and that da David had a great destiny. So he's gonna do everything that he knows. He's gonna pull out all of his bag of tricks to thwart that destiny. We know how that feels. Right. We know how it feels to be called, to be chosen. And then you, you go through things, you go through trials, you go through very difficult seasons. And my grandfather, one thing that he would always say, he said, you know, you, you may be down, but you rise above it. Yes. I remember him saying that to me, you rise above it. And that's what we see David doing over and over and over again. He's very low. We, we read in the Psalms that it's like, God, where are you? You know, my enemies are coming against me. Where are you? And then he'll have breakthrough and then he'll start praising God. Well, this had happened over the course of, of really 13 years now yes. that basically he was on the run from Saul, he had been living in caves with 600 losers. You know, that's what the Bible calls them. Yeah. You know, they, they joined with him. That's all he had, basically. And, you know, it was it, when I was reading this story, I remember going back because two and a half years ago, we were there in Israel. Yes. And we saw the caves of En Gedi where he hid from Saul. So this was a time that, you know, he really had no home. You know, it's like, God, I'm, I've been anointed king, but I don't have anywhere to go. So he kind of palled up with the Philistines. He palled up with the enemy. And then the Philistines says, well, you know, you're a pretty good fighter. You can come and fight with us and we'll give you a little plot of land called Ziglag for your ragtag group of men and your wives and your children. And here, you can just stay here. It wasn't in Israel. Ziglag was in the enemy's camp, yes. basically. So we're going to pick up the story where David and his men had gone on a raid and they had gone and they were uh, fighting with the Philistines and they were raiding and, and they came back. And as they were topping over the mountain, the only thing that really David had was this little plot of land was Ziglag. And then he sees all of this smoke, everything was burning. And he's like, you know, the only thing that I could call my own basically, now it's gone. So we're gonna pick this story up in 1 Samuel beginning in chapter 30. Now when it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day, the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag, attacking Ziglag and burned it with fire. 
and have taken captive the women and who were there from the small to the great. So when David and his men came to the city and they saw that it was burned with fire and their sons and their women and their daughters were taken captive, then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and they wept until they had no more power to weep. I feel like at this point, David was feeling, God, this is it. This is the last straw for me. I have battled long and hard for 13 years. And now everything that I have held dear, it's gone and I'm sitting here in ashes. How many of us have been there at this very place and time that we've said, God, you know, I don't know anywhere else to go. I've lost everything. And then we have a choice at that particular time. And I've seen that, I see that, you know, the enemy's probably encircling around him. And, and that's when the enemy loves to prey on us with a spirit of hopelessness. Why don't you just give up? You know, it's never going to change. Here you thought you were anointed. You thought you were called to do something great. And here you are sitting in ashes the lies of the devil that are just coming. And it reached a point, it says, now David was greatly distressed. I mean, they had cried and they had wept and, you know, they were just saying, God, what do we do? And then if that wasn't bad enough, these 600 men who had been loyal to him for these 13 years, you know, they were kind of edgy and raw too at this point. They were greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Now his best friends were turning against him. You've been there? It's like, man, I thought you were with me in this. And because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. And he's like, God, what do I do now? What do I do? David was at a pivotal point in his life. He could say, okay, guys, you're right. You know, I've led you to this place and, you know, I, I, maybe I missed it. And just, I just give up, just pick up the rocks and just go to it. But there was something that rose up on the inside of David and that day, buddy, there are times that, there are times that it has to rise up in us. And we've been there at those pivotal times. We've been there in hospital rooms when we've gotten diagnosis and we could either take it or we could rise up and we could say, no, we're yes. going to fight. Yes. And every single time we would rise above it, rise up, no matter what the prognosis was, we would rise above it. And that's what David did. But David strengthened himself in his God. Yes. That's what we do. Yes. We strengthen ourselves. What's on the inside of us, what the enemy wants to destroy, we have to get rid of the clutter. We have to get rid of the lies of the devil. We can't look at the circumstances. We can't look at the ashes. We can't look at what's been taken away. We have to have something, the Holy Spirit rise up in us and say, no, this is not my destiny. Yes. God has given me a destiny and I'm going to pursue. I will overtake and I will reclaim. You know, David was at that critical point mm -hmm. that when all he had was God. That's all that was you it. need. That's all you need. When everything else yeah. is gone, when everything else is stripped away, when, when everything that is familiar to you is gone, you still have God. He never leaves you, never forsakes you, will stick with you closer than a brother. And David looked to the heavens from yeah. where his strength was, where he'd always gotten his strength and his direction. You know, yeah, it was a tough time. 
I mean, I mean, that's a tough time when you look around you and, and you feel that you've lost, not only lost your family, but you've lost everybody else's family. Everybody's gone. You have no idea what they've done, if they're dead, if they're alive, where they are. All you know is that you've got this sinking feeling that it's all over. Everything, is. why was it all worth it? Why did I do this? Why did I try all of this? You know, the enemy wants to get us all there. That's where he wants us to be. And then he wants us to curse God. Then he wants us to, and how do we, we sometimes we don't do that vocally, but we do that in our mind that we are mad because we're here. When all we have to do is take that moment and say, God, forgive me. I wasn't looking to you, but I am now. I, I, I missed my opportunity earlier, but I'm not missing this one, God. I'm going to rise up with you. You are my strength. You're the wind beneath my wings. You're my shelter. You're my high tower. You're my rock, Lord. That's where you go when you struggle. You go to the rock, the one you've built your faith and your foundation on. And that's where David went in a mighty way. He shut the rest of the world out. And he said, okay, God, if it's just me and you, then that's enough. We can make this thing happen. And he did. What a glorious time for David. What looks like a tragic end to a guy that never made it to his kingship turns out to be such a turning point in his life and in so many others' lives. You know, we have friends that sometimes when things get tough, they desert us. You know, we have others and even family sometimes will turn their back on you when things get tough. But I'm telling you, God will never leave you, never forsake you. We have that promise. You know, I'm so blessed that I have Veronica, I have my family. I mean, they have stuck with me through things, my goodness, I didn't deserve to be stuck with on. I didn't. I mean, they had every reason to cast me aside and move on with their lives and probably be a lot happier. But they stuck with me because they knew God's plan. They knew it wasn't this moment, wasn't the end of it. This was the beginning of it. We were going to turn the corner and things were going to get better. And I'm speaking to someone today. You, you feel like you're where David is. You're sitting there in the ashes of Ziglag. I don't know if it's your family. I don't know if it's a financial situation. I don't know if it's your health. I don't know if it's your job. I don't, I don't know what it is, but you feel like you've just gone the gauntlet. You're burnt down. You're given up. You just can't make it any farther. I want you to stop right now and just, just close your eyes and, and put an imaginary ephod around you and just say, God, I am turning my life to you. My expectation is in you, God, not in this situation. This is not where you would have me to be. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I love you, God. Forgive me of my unbelief. Father, I'm on the right path to where you want me to go now. Dear God, I'm going to be uplifted. I'm going to stand up and be counted for God in the presence of you. I don't care who else believes, who else has any idea of what I'm doing, Father. As long as it's you, I'm going to follow you, Lord. I'm following you now, Jesus. 
I thank you. I thank you that that was you today and you're making that turning point in your life. We all get there. We've all been there. Don't feel like you're alone. You're not. So people, most people will never talk about it because it's embarrassing to them that they've let themselves get to that point. But it's okay when you're there. Just don't stay there. Don't make that your home. Don't make that your property. You give that back and you stand up and you go for the great things that God's got for your life. He's got a future for you. He loves you. He's got a destiny for your life. And this isn't the destiny for your life. If the enemy is, is making you feel in this much distress, in this much pain, in this much loneliness, in this much uh, j just a terrible, terrible position right now, whatever that is, God is willing to take your hand if you'll just reach out. Just reach out right now. I mean, um, don't even do it imaginary. Reach your hand out and just say, God, I'm trusting you. Take my hand and lead me, Lord. Get me out of this place. Get me out of this zigzag, God. I don't want to be here. This is not my home. My home is what you have promised me. I just praise God that you've made that turn, that you've recognized that. And now you have taken the first steps of getting yourself back on track, back to a life that's acceptable to you, comfortable to you, and pleasing to God. Do the things that are pleasing to Him first. Everything else will be given to you, shaken down, pressed together, and running over. That's His promises to us. Yes, and you hold yes. on to those promises, yes. and that's what David did. He held on to that promise. Yes. You know, there's times that we all feel that the enemy has come in, and he's raided, and he's stolen, and he's captured things that are precious mm -hmm. to us. But David, we can look at his example, exactly what he did. He strengthened himself in the Lord. How do you yes. strengthen your, yourself in the Lord? You go and you get in God's presence. And that's exactly what he did. He went to the priest, Amalek's son, and he said, will you please give me the ephod? The ephod was a priestly garment that the priest would use to go in with praise and worship. And he said, I want to take that and I'm going to inquire of the yes. Lord. David took that garment and he put it around him. It's symbolic of wrapping ourselves with that praise and worship, going into the presence of God. And that's what he did. He's like, God, here I am. I have nowhere else to go. Here I am, God. Yes. And he inquired of the Lord. It said, David inquired of the Lord. He went in and he prayed. That's what we have to do. God, what do we do? I don't know what to do. What do we do? And then he listened. He got still before the Lord. And the Lord said, he said, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake him? You know, he was even feeling... Um, a little insecure in his abilities. This is a mighty warrior. He had just gone and raided. He had just gone and captured. He was a mighty fighter. And now he was at the place where the enemy had stolen his self-confidence. And he's like, God, should I even try? And God is like, yes, mm -hmm. you are going to try. Not only are you going to try, you are going to pursue you are going to overtake them and you are going to reclaim all. That's what the Lord said. He said, yes, pursue so you will overtake them and without fail. Now, when God tells you without fail, 
He means that regardless of what the enemy does or doesn't do, it doesn't matter. You are going to recover all. Oh man, what a great promise. And I want to speak into your life today, regardless of what the enemy has done, now it's time to rise up. It's time to pursue. It's time to overtake and recover. What do you need to pursue? Do you need to re pursue relationships, your family? Do you need to pursue a ministry that you've just let fall by the wayside? You know what that is. Pursue. If it's a health issue, pursue. Get on your knees and say, God, I need to hear from you. And God will speak to you, pursue, and you will overtake and you will reclaim. And that's exactly, he got the word from the Lord. When you get the word from the Lord, you know it. You have that peace and then you get your confidence back. You know that God has already gone before you. And that's what David got. He got back his confidence and he came back to his men off of that mountain where he had prayed with that ephod, the men were standing there saying, well, do we stone him or what do we do? And David said to the 600 men, I've heard from the Lord. I've heard from God and they trusted him. And David said that we are going to pursue and we are going to recover. He rallied the troops. That's what we're doing today. We're rallying the troops. We're saying it's time to stand up for what is right. It's time to take back what is rightfully yours. It's time to go into the enemy's camp and take back what is rightfully yours because God has already gone before you. This is a pivotal time for us. We must reclaim all. We understand that it's just easy to give up, but we can't. We've got to go and retake back what God has given us. And that's exactly what he did. He went with his men. He went into the enemy's camp, and you can go on and read it the rest of chapter 30, and you'll see the great story of when he went in. He raided the Amalekites. He took back what was rightfully his, his wives and his children and all of the others. He took back his stuff, but what is so great? He got the enemy's stuff too. When you go and pursue, then you get back what the enemy has stolen plus more. It's called restore and more, restore and more. And that's what God has promised to give us. That's what he promised him. You will reclaim all. And when you reclaim, God says, like Buddy says, it's pressed down, shaken together and running over. God just doesn't give you what you had before. He gives you something better. And then what's so amazing is that in verse, in chapter 31, that we see when all of this was transpiring, behind the scenes, there was another battle going on. And the enemy knew this, that Saul and his sons were fighting the Philistines. And at this very moment on a mountain range about three miles away on Mount Gilboa, that Saul was mortally wounded and died. David was rightfully king now and didn't even realize it. 
The enemy knew that, so he wanted to steal that from David. If David would have just said, well, I give up, then he would have been killed and Israel would have had no king. But because there was something that rose up on the inside of him, he encouraged himself and he went and pursued. Then the prophecy and the anointing that was spoken over him 13 years prior that he would be anointed king of Israel came to pass. Buddy, that's what yes. God does. Even when we don't see it, He's working behind the scenes on our behalf. Yes. Even when we're going through our zigzag, God is working over here in another area on our behalf for our total victory in His glory. We've seen it time and time and time again. And that's why we do what we do to encourage you because we know God's Word will never fail. His promises will never fail. Now rise up from your ashes. I'm speaking to somebody prophetically. Rise up from your ashes, from this place that the enemy has wanted to destroy you or your family and pursue. You pray and know that God wants to restore and more in your life. Yes. I feel the presence of God when I say that. Well, you know, that pivotal point is when David had the ephod. And you know, that's, that's almost like a cocoon. When you think of it, when you think of, of, of God's creatures going into a cocoon, His they go presence, into that for right, a reason. Right. Because when they come out, they're different. Yes. They come out different when they went in. And we're telling you right now in your life, maybe it's a time you need to be cocooning with God rather than talking about it, rather than listening to the naysayers about it. Maybe it's time you need to really make that cocoon with you and God. Get enveloped yeah. with God and just allow Him to encourage you. Yes. Believe me, His Word will encourage you. What did David say? He said, I heard from God. Right. God encouraged him. God will encourage you. God encouraged us in every trial in our life. No, it didn't end soon enough. Yeah. Didn't end soon enough for David either. 13 years. It didn't end soon enough. But the end is in sight. It is in your situation too. Whatever that is, I promise you, if you will hold on to God's promises in your life, if you will hang on to the truth of His Word, not let the enemy drive that out of your life, do not sit there in those ashes feeling sorry for yourself, waiting on someone to have a pity party for you or with you. You know, there may be those that are trying to stone you too, I don't know, but you do not have to stay there. All you have to do, praise God. Yes. Look up to the heavens, raise your hands, say, God, you are mighty and majestic. Thank you for taking me from this place. I no longer want to be, this is not my zigzag. This is not your appointment in my life. And I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And Father, now I put my trust and my faith in you, only you, mm. not the world. Shut it out. Shut it out at this moment. I'm, I'm imploring you to shut it out. God's got something great for you. This is not where you are going to stay. Your promise is His promises. Amen. Well, we love you. Yes. And God loves you. Yes. Until we see you again next week, remember that, that God, God is, is always faithful. faithful.